Welcome to Leading Lights. Thanks for listening. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Praise the Lord. Welcome again, everyone. Um, We are doing a course called the Purpose Course. The idea of it is at the end of five weeks or whatever it is, we should all be able to say, my purpose in life is to be a train driver or whatever it is. We should be able to work out why, why was I put on planet Earth? Wouldn't that be useful to be able to know that? Why was I put here? And so what we've done is we've listed each week we're going through various things. It was M-A-D-E in the first week and last week was something else. Uh, James did a prelude before that. I'm doing something different today. Next week, we're doing Where Has God Placed Me, P-L-A-C-E-D. And by the end of it, if you put all of those things together in one place, which is why we've given you a handout, and you look at it, and you look at what you've written next to each letter, and you pray, I believe, I really do believe, you'll be able to say, I know why I was put on planet Earth. But today, what I want to do is take a step back from the writing down next to each letter, And just look at the bigger picture, almost like a satellite picture. We're going to look at a satellite picture a little bit later on. We're going to look at the big picture to get the context of purpose. Because this word purpose is a a human word that we use in everyday conversation. But it is also very much a word that's linked to God and God's big purpose. And is God controlling everything? It's a much bigger word. It has connotations of... God's a big guy in the sky, pulling strings and and controlling dials and making everything happen. And he made me with a purpose and he has a purpose and he's going to achieve his purpose. And if we get this confused, if we get it wrong, there's a danger that we're going to become robots or rebellious. Robots, because some of us think, oh, well, God's just making everything happen, so I don't need to use my will or my mind. And we just kind of stumble through life with a passive view that, oh, well, there's nothing I can do about it anyway. God's going to do what he's going to do. That's a robot mentality. And it's a terrible thing for Christians to have that. A lot of Christians are just dead on the inside. They're born again, but there's no life of God in them because they think, God's going to do it all and they're just robots and they have this idea that my will makes no difference. On the other hand, there's people who rebel because they say, if God's trying to make everything happen, how dare he tell me what to do? And who is he? And he's a bad God because look at all these bad things that are happening if he's making everything happen. And so they rebel and they say, I'm out of here, dad. I'm going to have my own life. I'm going to go and live my life and do different things. And so if we have this wrong idea of purpose, and especially God's purpose, it leads to bad results. It leads to terrible results. And I'm going to try and clarify it today. In one sermon, I'm going to try and clarify it for us. Not just God's purpose, but also our own approach to this word purpose. Have you ever thought about someone who's running a marathon? There's three parts. If you say their purpose is the end goal. They want to cross the finish line in however many miles time or however many hours. They've got this purpose in mind, the finish line. They've got a goal. They've got a destination. So part of this idea of purpose is destination, D, the end result, the place I'm going to get to. There's another part of it, and that is determination. You could say, my purpose is the destination, but you could also say, I have purpose, which means 
determination. In other words, a, a gritty, gritting my teeth attitude that says, I am purposing to do, I will do this no matter what. Even if, even if I'm tired, even if I break my leg, even if there's an earthquake, I'm going to finish this marathon. There's a destination, there's a determination, but then the third part is there's desires within us. I started off with a desire to run a marathon, I don't know why, maybe because I wanted to get fit, maybe because I wanted to impress people, but there were some desires inside of me, some, something in me that motivates me and makes me want to do things. So there's three parts to purpose. There's a destination, an end goal, there's a determined attitude, and then there are desires. And those three apply to God and they apply to us. So for me, in doing a marathon, doing an exam, doing anything in life, getting married, going to work in the morning, in every single thing I do, there's a destination, there's a determination element, and there's a desire element. And in God's big picture of the world, there's a destination, there's a determination element, and then there are desires that God has. And if we can't separate those three properly for God, we will get very confused about God. We'll think He's just a big guy with a stick, or we'll just completely misunderstand God. And that's what a lot of the world does. They misunderstand God because they haven't understood the difference between His end goal, the things He's determined to do, and the things He desires to do but may not happen. People don't understand the difference between those three. And in our own lives, if we don't get it right, we'll get so confused. What am I supposed to be determined about? What am I supposed to just hope it happens? What is my end goal? Is everything supposed to be something I'm, I'm determined about or only some things? And so we end up being confused Christians. And if you aim at too many different targets, eventually you become pointless and useless because you're not aiming at the exact thing that you're supposed to be aiming at. And so... My goal today is to define purpose in the big scheme of things. What is God's end destination that He is determined to do? What, is, what are the things He is determined to make happen? The things that He says, I will do this and nothing will stop me. And what are the things that are His desires that He wants to happen, but they may or may not happen? And are those things different? And then I want us to look at our own lives and say, what should I be aiming at? What is my goal what are the things I should be completely committed to? And what are the things that are desires? And how do I fit that all together? Is that all right? Please stay with me. It's so important that you get this today. I really believe this will take us as Christians from babies to, to mature. I really do. It's, it's that crucial. If somebody had taught me this 20 years ago, I really believe I would have saved myself years of pain and heartache. It's so, so crucial. To our Christian life. Right. So, God has, let me start with determination. There are some things that God says, I am determined to make these happen. Did you know that? There are some things that God says, it doesn't matter who stands against me. It doesn't matter what stands against me. I will make this happen. Determined determination. There's, there are certain things that God says nothing will stop me. Let me just read you a couple of verses. Isaiah 46 verse 10. I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. 
I call a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will do it. That's God saying, I don't care what happens. There are some things I'm going to do. Now, we get confused and we think everything is God's purpose. But actually, there are certain things. And I'm going to come into that. Let me read you another verse. Psalm 33, verse 11. And just a... Just a word of explanation here. I'm reading from the New King James Version, which translates this Hebrew word for purpose as counsel. The NIV translates that same word, purpose. But they mean the same thing. When, when the New King James says counsel, it means God has given His purpose. He's made it known. It's counsel. It's, he says, my counsel will occur. And it's the same word as purpose in the NIV. So listen to Psalm 33:11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of His heart to all generations. Isaiah 14, verse 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, it shall come to pass. As I have purposed, it shall stand. This is the purpose that is purposed against the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over the nations. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? There are some things where God says, it's a bit like if you're deciding to climb Mount Everest or Mount Kilimanjaro. You say, I am going to get to the top of that mountain, and nothing is going to stop me. There are certain things where God says, I am going to do this thing. That's determination. That's a will and a purpose. And there's verses in the Bible that say we should have that for some things. Uh, 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are firmly committed or set on Him. There's many verses in the Old Testament which say, Set your heart on pilgrimage. There's this idea of there's certain things that I'm, I must say, I'm going to do this no matter what. It's a bit like the wedding vows. I promise I will love you, honor you, cherish you, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, sickness and in health. I'm determined to do this thing. There are certain things in your life that you must take your will, scrunch it up and say, I am going to do this. But it's not for everything. There are certain things. Determination. God is determined about some things. Right. The next part. There are some things that God wants or he desires, but they don't happen. What? Are you sure, Greg? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. Let me read you just a few verses, and believe me, there are hundreds of these verses, but there are things that God wants, he wishes them, he desires them, but they're not going to happen because he hasn't purposed them. He wants them. Listen to these verses. In Jeremiah 7, God is talking to the Israelites. He says, You have built the high places in the valley of the son of Hinnom to burn your sons and your daughters in the fire. I did not command this, nor did it come into my heart. God says, I never wanted this. I don't want this to happen. I never even considered it. The NIV says, it never even entered my mind that you would do this. Proverbs 1, 24. I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Do you see that? God's saying, I wanted this, but you said no. 
Ezekiel 20 verse 8, they rebelled against me and would not obey me. In other words, God's saying, I wanted you to do this, but you didn't. Deuteronomy 30 verse 9, God says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. But we know that they didn't choose life. They chose cursing and they chose the other one. God wanted, he gave them this thing and he said, I want you to do this way. I've got it prepared for you. Blessing, life. And he even gives them, it's like a multiple choice and he gives them the right answer. He says, there's life and death, blessing, cursing. Choose life, choose this one. He tells them the answer. But they didn't. Isaiah 30 verse 15. The Lord says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. I wanted this for you. But look, you did this. Luke 13, 34. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood. But you were not willing. John 5 verse 40, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4, God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Can you see this? There are things where God says, I want this desperately, but you've done something else. My will has not been done. So there are some things that God has determined. I will do, I have declared it. I will do it. And there are other things where God says, I want this. I want all men to be saved. But not all men are saved. Big difference. Is this confusing? Yes. <laughs> it's a little bit confusing. Especially if you've grown up thinking that God's will is always being done. Isn't that true? If you've been told that everything that happens is God's will... This is confusing to you because you're going to have to unlearn a whole lot of stuff. You know, we hear about, I, I heard about a boy who was driving and there, were, there was a blowout and the car crashed and he died. And somebody said, oh, the, Lord, the Lord's will was done. And you say, hold on a sec. Who made the car? That was a human invention. Who put the nails on the... Nails are human inventions that people left on the road. He was driving the car. Where on, in all of that is God involved? Why do we think God did that? You see, we've learned a thing that says that everything that happens is God's will. But actually, the Bible is full from beginning where God says, don't eat the fruit, and they eat it. Right to the end, the Bible is full of examples of things where God says, I want this. But something else happens. And yet, there is something that God says, this is my purpose. I will do it. So, the important job then for you and I is to say, what is God's purpose? What is that thing that God has decided He's going to do? And I'm going to try and explain that to you. What is the thing that God says, I will do this? Listen to this verse. Ephesians 1 verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So what he's saying is, it used to be a mystery. Again and again in the New Testament, Paul says, the mystery of his will, the purpose of God was a mystery up until Jesus. And the reason it was a mystery was because if he'd made it clear, then the devil wouldn't have killed Jesus. 
1 Corinthians 2 verse 8 says, If the princes and rulers of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Son of God. If the devil had known God's big purpose, he wouldn't have killed Jesus. It was hidden. It was a mystery. But now it's been revealed. The purpose of God can now be understood. He says, The mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, verse 10 of Ephesians 1, that in the fullness of time... I'm just going to read it out of the NIV because it's a little bit clearer. It says exactly the same. It says, to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. God's purpose is to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, Jesus Christ. What is this all about? What is this saying? It's saying that in the very beginning, God's will, His desire, and His determination were all the same thing in the garden of eden it was all according to his will everything was great but since man rebelled the whole universe has been thrown into rebellion and god's purpose right from the start was to bring it back under his headship under his blessing under his control it's not all according at the moment to what he wants but his plan and his purpose is to bring it all back under his control under christ's headship but it goes on that same chapter, Ephesians 1, verse 22, says that God put all things under Jesus' feet and made him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So God's purpose was out of the chaos of man's rebellion, he's going to bring a nation, he's, he's going to choose a, a man, Noah, and then he's going to choose Abraham, and then he's going to choose Isaac and Jacob, and then he's going to bring it to pass and the nation's going to grow and then he's going to cause a nation called Israel to be formed and there's going to be kings under David's line and eventually the son of God Jesus will be born and when he's born the church will be born and then the church will help to bring all things under God's rulership now this sounds big stuff but it's actually very very practical let me just read you one more verse Ephesians 3 verses 10 and 11 his intent was that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. His purpose from the very beginning, he said, this has gone terribly wrong. Man has rebelled. The world is in a mess. My will is not being done. I'm going to make a purpose. I'm going to bring a little nation into birth. And out of that nation, they're going to follow me and know my ways. And then a man called Jesus, who's my son, is going to be born. And he's going to birth the church. And the church is going to spread over the whole world. And it's going to bring my kingdom back to earth. That's his purpose. That's the thing where he says, I will achieve my purpose. <laughs> I will do what I have decided I'm going to do. Whether people listen or follow or whatever happens god says i will achieve my purpose and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the ends of the earth and then the end will come there's going to be a spreading out of his kingdom throughout the whole world and that's why jesus at the end just before he, he went up to heaven he said all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me therefore you guys go and make disciples of all nations he was saying the purpose of God. I've now got, I've won this back, this authority. Now church, you go and you make churches all over the world. And that is going to achieve God's purpose. 
Okay, a little bit confusing. Let me just try and put it into an illustration. I've got a picture of a, a satellite picture of the River Nile. I don't know if you can see that very clearly. I love this picture because for me it's a brilliant illustration. You see the river is birthed out of that cloudy place at the bottom of the screen. There's just chaos and mist and a tiny little stream comes out. And that's God saying, out of all of the earth, I'm picking Noah. It's been a mess, I'm picking Noah. And then he, it grows a little bit and God's purpose is going along. And then he picks Abraham out of that. And he says in, in Genesis 18, 19, I've chosen him because he will teach his children after me to, to follow my ways. So God picks a man. And all the time there's chaos in the whole world. But God's just picking one little person at a time to try and bring his purpose back into the earth. And the river of God's purpose is difficult to see sometimes. But it's just, just going a little bit, a little bit and growing a little bit bigger. And, and so when he picks Abraham in Hebrews 6 verse 17, it says, God was determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel or his purpose. And he confirmed it by an oath. So he was saying, by my purpose, I'm picking this guy, Abraham. And then he picks Israel or Jacob. And remember, there was Jacob and Esau. They were twins. And, and it says... Um, the purpose of God, according to election, might stand when he, he says, Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated. Not because of anything they've done, but because I've got a purpose in mind. I'm trying to bring this river in the chaos. I'm trying to bring my purpose back to earth. And then it goes along a little bit more. And then they go down to Egypt. And Pharaoh's heart is hardened. And in Romans 9, 17, it says, For this purpose... I have raised you, Pharaoh, up, that I may show my power in you, that my name may be declared in all the earth. So why did God deal with Pharaoh and the Egyptians like he did? Because it was part of his purpose that he will do. But there were other kings in other parts of the world, like Ghana, Iceland, all over the world, where God wasn't controlling everything of their lives. But because they were in the river, because Pharaoh was part of the river of God's purpose, he got swept along. And it's almost like he couldn't choose. God said, I'm going to do this thing. And then we move on again and David is chosen. And then there's the Babylonians who come and take Israel away. And in Isaiah 14 verse 27, God says, for the Lord of hosts has purposed, who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, who will turn it back? Talk, talking about the Babylonians coming to take Israel captive. And you say, why did God make it happen? Because it's part of his purpose. But in other parts of the world, people are doing whatever they want to do. Chaos reigns. People just go with whatever they want. And then the Persian kings come along. Isaiah 46, God says, I declare the end from the beginning. My counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. I've chosen Cyrus and he's going to be my servant. Even though he doesn't acknowledge me. God's purpose is being done. And the nation of Israel is being fashioned and formed. And then eventually Jesus comes and the church is born. And so when you see the river start to spread out there, that's the church is born and suddenly it just starts spreading over the whole planet. God's kingdom is spreading. Of the increase of his government, there'll be no end. It's, it's, his purpose is getting bigger and bigger now. Now how does that affect you and me? Well, we must get into the river of God's purpose and we'll be carried along with what he's doing. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose or counsel that prevails. If I get into his river, then I'm carried along with what he's doing. But if I'm outside of his river, then I'm outside of his plans. 
Some people are on the edge of the river. They're on the banks of the river and they're helping the church and they're trying to help, but they're not in the river and they're getting blessed by the river. They, they're getting the greenery and fertility of the, of the river, but they themselves are not in the river. But the plan is to get in and get along with what God's doing. Right, I've got a, a lot more that I could say, but I'm not going to say it now. I want to try and make this as practical as I can for us. And I'd like us to just focus on the Lord now. If you could just, let's just focus on the Lord. Lord Jesus, please would you help us. Lord, please would you help us get our eyes on what's true, what you are saying, what you are doing in this planet, and take our eyes off our, ourselves, take our eyes off our own plans, our own thoughts, our own desires. Lord, I pray that you would help us right now. Thank you, Lord. Just while you're focusing on the Lord, I'm just going to keep talking to you. Friends, you and I have desires. You have a will within you. You have the ability to choose. It's part of how God made you. you have, you're made in the image of God, which means you have the ability to determine within yourself, I'm going to do something. You have desires, just like God does. You have a will, just like God does. And you also have the ability to set a destination, a purpose point. The Bible says, many are the plans in our hearts, but if I give my heart to the Lord, His purpose is what's going to happen in my life. And the big question that I've got for you today is, first of all, are you in the river of God's purpose? Have you come to God and said, God, I want to do what you want in my life. I want to be part of what you're doing. Have I submitted my will to His will? Not am I going to church, not am I religious, not have I been christened or baptized. Am I doing what God wants? Have I submitted my will to Him? That's the first question. Because if I haven't, I'm not in the river. But then the second question is, you might say, I'm in the river, I've given my life to the Lord, but I'm still chasing after my own wishes and my own will and my own plans and my business and my pleasures and my this and my that. And you feel like you're swimming against the current. You feel like you, you've given your life to the Lord, so why isn't He blessing all these things that you're trying to do? The reason might be because He says, you're in my river, you're going to get carried along with what I'm doing, which is building my church. And if you don't swim with the current, I'm going to take you with the current anyway, even if you try and do all these other things. The question, the, the thundering question that God is asking us today is where is your will today in relation to God's will? Where is your will in relation to God's will? We're told in 1 John that if we pray anything according to His will, He hears us. We're told in Matthew 6, Thy pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're supposed to put our will together with his will. And then there's just this synergy of power that happens. Where suddenly I'm being carried along. Almost like I'm whitewater rafting on the river of God's purpose. Because my will and his will are both going in the same direction. You see, the amazing thing about God is he won't force you. If you want to jump out the river, you can. If you never want to get in the river, that's fine. He won't force you. But he says, if you want to get your will in line with my will, oh, there is so much excitement in store. There is such a great adventure to be had in extending my kingdom through planting churches around the world. 
If your purpose and my purpose are the same, if your will and my will are the same, if you're declaring and praying my will with your will, wow, nothing is impossible. <laughs> but Christian, if you're in church and you're a reluctant Christian, you've got one foot in church and one foot in the world, you say, God, I'm in the river, but I also want to be doing these other things. You're going to be pulled and twisted and pretty miserable for most of your Christian life. Because God will achieve His purpose in you, but it'll be against your will. And so the prayer that I'm asking you to make today is to take your will, this, this ability to choose that God has given you, and say, Lord, I want my will and my purpose to be the same as yours. He's not forcing you. He's not, a, he's not standing up in heaven with a big stick saying, I'm forcing you. He's giving us the choice. But He's asking you, what will you do? Will you line up your purposes? Will you line up your will with what I'm doing? And He's not just asking you as an individual. He's asking us as a church. He's asking us here, this church, in this place. He's saying, church, my beloved bride, Will you flow with what I'm doing and be extending the kingdom around the planet, extending my purposes, planting churches all over the world, or are you going to be worried about yourself, your own feelings, your own desires, your own wishes and preferences? Are you going to be inward focused or are you going to line up your will with mine? And the joy, the excitement of flowing with Him is just so incredible. So let's just pray together. I wonder if we could all just stand. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer. If you want to, you can pray this prayer with me. Just wrap your heart around it. Put, make it your own. Put your own heart into, the, into these words right now. I'm praying from my own heart. So forgive me if I put my own words, but feel free to just make it your own. Father God, I thank you that you have a good purpose and plan for this earth. And you have a good purpose and plan for me. Father, I thank you that there are certain things that you have determined you will do. And the other things, you leave it up to us to choose yes or no. Father, today I want to choose your will. Jesus, you said in John 7, 17, if anyone wills to do God's will, he will know whether my teaching is true. God, I will to do your will. I choose to do what you want. I choose in every area of my life to do your will. But I also, Lord want to line up my big purpose, the thing that I'm determined to do, I line it up with your big purpose, Lord. I want to grow your kingdom, not just a particular denomination or church because it's a human thing. It's your church. It's your kingdom, Lord. I want to grow what you are doing. I want to line up with your plans for the world and for my life. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've said that when I'm called according to your purpose, all things work together for good in my life. I thank you, God, that if I'm flowing in the river, all things conspire to make my life work for you and success and joy and peace. And God, I choose that today. 
Lord, I pray for myself, but also my brothers and sisters, for those many, many times where I've used my choice, my will, to do my own thing. Lord, where I've chosen to do what I want to do, what pleases me instead of what pleases you. God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you forgive me. I thank you that your blood has washed me clean of all of that. But God, I ask that you would help me change my mind and my focus and my attitude so that I can, from now on, flow with your purpose. Friends, I really believe today that the Lord... Today is a, is a watershed moment for many of us. The Lord is saying, let's get some clarity in our lives. What are all the things that you're busy with? What are the destinations and targets and goals that you're trying to achieve? What are the things that you're expending energy towards? And are they God's things? You know, Romans 12 says, if we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, in other words, put our lives on the altar and say, God, your will is mine, then we will be able to test and approve what God's good, perfect, and pleasing will is. Lord, we do that today. We lay our lives on your altar. We say, God, we want to be after what you're doing. Lord, my money, my energies, my family times, my decisions, my job decisions, every part of my life, God, I want to line it up with what you are doing. And I want to be determined about it. I want to be intentional and get the right goals in place in my life. Friends, I really believe that some of us here today are going to see a change. Some of us have felt like we're swimming through treacle, that we're battling up a hill, that there's just everything we try doesn't work or there's opposition. And I really believe the Lord is saying today, if you will line up your will with my will, put me on the throne, get your purposes in the right order, you will see a change. In finances, I believe there's some of us here today, every month, there's too much month at the end of our money. There's debt problems. Things just seem to go wrong. We have struggles and problems. I'm not promising everything will go well, but I'm saying if you line up your will with His, just watch and see. If you make a decision today and say, God, every part of my life is part of what you're trying to do. Just watch and see the difference. And then lastly, today, I believe there might be some people here today. And you're saying, I'm not even in your river, Lord. I don't even, I've never given my life to you. But I want to. I want to dive into this river. And I want to be part of what you're doing in this world. And I'm going to give you the opportunity right now to do that. Just in your heart, just say, yes, Lord, I want to give my life to you right now. And then just pray these words with me. I wonder if we could all just pray them together. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I love you. Thank you for dying for me so that I could be forgiven. Come into my heart. Change my life forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, go to leadinglightsnetwork.com.